We will be continuing on in Mark this morning. Mark chapter 1, we'll start in verse 40. And Lord willing, we are going to finish up the first chapter of Mark today. We will take a little break from, from Mark's after we finish the first chapter, since Easter is upon us the next couple of weeks. Uh, we will be looking at, uh, at, at Jesus and the end of his life as his uh, resurrection was drawing near. We'll talk about that next week. And then, of course, on Easter, we'll talk about uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus being crucified and resurrected. So, uh, we will finish up Mark chapter 1 today, Lord willing, and we'll be back in it after Easter. We'll start back with chapter 2. Mark chapter 1, that's in the New Testament, second book of the New Testament, so if you can find Matthew, just keep turning a few pages and you'll get there. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45, and give you just a little recap of, of where we are. Jesus had begun his ministry, he's been going out preaching, he's called some uh, apostles that are following him. And uh, he has begun to heal people. He has begun to drive out demons. And word has spread. Uh, people are flocking to him. They are coming from all over. Uh, last week we read that Jesus got up early in the morning and went away to a deserted place. Uh, he had put in a late night with people coming to him after the Sabbath had come to an end. People began to bring the sick and the demon possessed to him. And, and Jesus was healing many people. But what we talked about last week is that Jesus' main goal and purpose was not to come and produce miracles and to heal people. His main purpose was to come and to preach and teach the gospel and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, he did much healing and he healed many people, and I believe that he probably loved to do so. But Jesus didn't allow that to get in the way of his mission. When his disciples came to him in the last few verses uh, that we read last week leading up to this, they said, look, we've been looking for you everywhere. Everybody is trying to find you. And he said, look, we must go on our way. We must go to the next village. We must go to the other neighborhoods. And we must, uh, we must head there so that I can preach and teach, so that I can do what I came to do. Now, Jesus probably could have stayed in one village and did miracles as, as, as all day every day. But that was not his goal, that was not his purpose. And so once he had finished and he had preached the message to the people where they were, he began to move on to another town. And that was his ministry. He went all over and as he would go, he would preach and teach the gospel to people. Now he would do many miracles along the way, probably countless thousands of miracles along the way. We don't know how many, but it would have been a lot. And Jesus did continue to do those miracles, but he never allowed that to stop his mission. And that's what we talked about last week. Jesus was a man on mission, and he completed that mission all the way to his death on the cross. And so that gives you a little idea of the last few verses leading up to where we will be this morning. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Then a man with a serious skin disease came to him and on his knees begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him, be made clean. Immediately the disease left him and he was healed. Then he sternly warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses prescribed for your cleansing as a testimony to them. 
Yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news, with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but he was out in deserted places, and they would come to him from everywhere. Let's pray. Father God, as we look at these few verses today, I pray that the Holy Spirit would touch our hearts, dear Lord. As we read your word, God, you know what's on each one of each one's heart. God, you know what's on my heart. You know what's on everybody's heart in here. And you know what we need to hear. You know what we're dealing with. God, you know if we need love. You know if we need encouragement. You know if we need correction, dear Lord. Whatever it may be that we need, I pray that the Holy Spirit through your word today, would speak to us, would speak through me, dear Lord. I pray that you would humble my pride. I pray that you hide me behind the cross. I pray that you would speak through me today. I pray that you'd be glorified. I pray that you help me just to open my mouth and speak the words that you would have me speak. I pray that you don't help me ramble on, but I pray that everything that is, that is said today is for your glory and for the building up of each one here, dear Lord. So be with me as I preach and teach your word today. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. Here we see another person who is coming to Jesus, which is common as we read through the text. There are always people coming to Jesus to be healed. Now, we see this time after time after time. Now, this man that we see here in verse 40, it says a man with a serious skin disease came to him and on his knees begged him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, obviously, this man with this skin disease had faith. Now, some who came to Jesus, probably most of the ones who came to Jesus, had faith that he was able to do what, he, uh, what they had heard he could do or else they would not have come. Here was this man with a serious skin disease. Could have been leprosy, could have been something else, but I would guess it was probably leprosy. That was something that was, a, it was kind of a big deal back in those days. Uh, but skin diseases and leprosy, things like that, uh, were covered in great detail in the Old Testament in the law. So here was this man who came to Jesus and who kneeled down before him and who begged him, please heal me. If you are willing, I know you can, would you heal me? He knew Jesus could heal him if he was willing. But what the man, what he, he didn't ask that Jesus would heal him. What did he say? He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, we don't want to miss over that. It may be easy for us if we are reading through the text to, to read, oh, can you make me clean? Oh, he's saying, I want you to heal me, Jesus. And he was. He did want to be healed, just as you and I want to be healed when we are sick. None of us want to be sick. None of us want to hurt. We, we want to go to the doctor and we want to get seen about, as Ernest pointed out in Children's Church. Uh, I was afraid there for a second that he was going to start going through all the medical conditions and we was going to have all kind of surgeries and for say, oh, I had this and I, I thought that could get out of hand quick. But, but that makes a good point. When we are sick, we want to be healed. When our knees hurt, we want to get them replaced. When our hip hurts, we want to get it replaced. Why? Because we want to get out and do stuff. We want to be around people. We want to enjoy life. Even if we got an old pesky cold, we go to the doctor in hopes that there may be something he can give us that can, that can help us. We, 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 boy, we drink up some vitamin C drinks and, and eat oranges and whatever we can do. When we are sick, no matter in what way we are sick, we want to be healed. Now this guy, no doubt, wanted to be healed of his skin disease. If for nothing else, the pain that it was causing him. But that's not what he said here. He didn't say, Jesus, I want you to heal me. He said, Jesus, I want you to make me clean. Now, we don't want to miss that. Now, 
in our culture, we probably don't see uh, leprosy running rampant, and it's it's not dealt with in the same way probably that it was in the Bible. But if you flip back to Leviticus chapters 13 and 14, what you will see is God giving many instructions on dealing with people with skin diseases. Now, we won't cover those chapters today for time's sake, but I do encourage you, if you want to learn more about it and see what God says about those things and what God's Word says, read Leviticus chapters 13 and 14. Now, in those chapters, God gives instructions on how the priests are supposed to deal with skin diseases. Now, it's very detailed. If it looks this way, if it looks that way, if the hair growing around the skin is, is white, then it's this. If it's this, it's that. If it's something else, it's something else. And so depending on what the priest saw when they looked at a person with a skin disease, they would determine if the person was clean or unclean. Now, what I, what, when you read that, make sure that you, that you realize that we are not under that system. So don't come to me with your boils and your skin diseases saying, I want you to look at that and tell me if I'm clean or if I'm unclean. That's, that, was, that was Old Testament stuff there. That's not, that's not how it goes today. I don't, I don't want to see your, your skin diseases. Go to a doctor. I can pray for you and I'll be happy to do it. But the doctor can diagnose you. But in those days, praise the Lord, we're not in them. It was the priest, Aaron and his sons, the priest who would have to look at these people. Can you imagine the people coming in? And they got to look, and they got to look close and say, I don't know, you're in pretty bad shape. You're unclean. This is, this is going to be with you. You're stuck with it, so get, you know, get on out. But then there were some that would come, and they might have something, and they'd say, well, you're unclean for a few days. Come back in a week. And they may do that a couple of times, but eventually, if the skin disease, whatever it was, began to clear up, after it cleared up, uh, they, were, they were determined to be cleaned by the priests, and there were offerings that had to be made, and they had to wash their clothes and clean themselves. But after a few days or a couple of weeks, uh, they would be clean, and they could get back to their normal life. But for those who were unclean, that is, that had skin diseases that were going to stick with them, skin diseases that could spread, skin diseases that could cause problems for them and the rest of the people. For those people, the priest was to pronounce them unclean. Now, to be unclean was a big deal. To be unclean meant that you were completely pushed out from the rest of the people. You were pushed outside of the, of the town, so to speak. You were outside of the city gates. You couldn't go in among the other people. You couldn't be around the clean people. You had to stay amongst yourself with the other unclean people. You were, you were pretty much an outcast to society. Nobody really wanted to be around you. And not only that, is if that was not humiliating enough, the people that were unclean, whenever they were passing by someone who was clean, they had to, as the text says in Leviticus 14, cover their mouth and they had to pronounce to everyone that they were unclean. So as they would walk by those who were clean, they would cover their mouth, unclean, unclean, unclean. Now, that's not a very good life to have to live. Can you imagine if every time you were sick, and you walked into Walmart, you had to announce to everyone, and you had to walk down the aisles, 
unpruned, unpruned. Guess what? People would begin to spread. People would begin to scatter. You would hear them whispering, I wonder what she's got. I wonder what he's got. He just coughed. Don't get too close. Don't walk in that area. You might get his germs. Can you imagine how humiliating that must have been for those in those days who were suffering from skin diseases, who were, who were named unclean by the priest, who were outcast to society, and even when they came around others, they had to humiliate, uh, and, and with all humiliation, they had to yell out and cover their mouth that they were unclean. So when the Bible says here that this man asked to be made clean, it was probably more than he just wanted to be made well from his condition so he could feel better. He wanted to be made well from his condition that he could feel better, but he probably also wanted to be part of society. He wanted to be healed and he wanted to be made clean so that he would no longer be one of those who were unclean. And he knew that Jesus had the power to bring healing to his body. He knew that Jesus had the power to take whatever was affecting him, whatever skin disease he was going through, and to heal him to a point that he would be made clean. And so he came to Jesus. He knew Jesus could heal him. He said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Let's see what Jesus said in verse 41. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him, be made clean. Now, we see Jesus do this same thing. We see this same type of language all through the New Testament, that Jesus would see the crowds, he would see the sick person, and he would be filled with compassion. And Jesus says, I am willing. Be made clean. Again, we talked about this a week or two ago. Jesus never made a big show. He never made a big to-do. He simply touched a person. He simply spoke a word. And at His voice, at His word, the demons would be quiet and the, and the illnesses would be healed. The diseases, excuse me, the diseases would be cleaned. And Jesus said, I am willing be made clean. Jesus was moved with compassion when He saw those people who were in need. What are you moved with when you see someone who is sick? What if you encounter those people? Maybe they don't come before you uh, with their hand over their mouth uh, announcing that they are unclean. But maybe you can smell them a little bit. Maybe they are coughing and hacking. Maybe you can look at them and tell they're a little sick. What's, what's your first reaction when you see those people? Is your reaction to be moved with compassion? To offer help? to those who are sick, to offer help to those who are in need? Or is your response to say, I'm going to keep my distance? Now in Jesus' day, what made Jesus different from all the other people, all the other religious leaders, is that when He saw the sick, He did not flee from them. And when the other people of Jesus' day saw Him, <coughs> when they saw Him touching sick people, hanging around sick people, hanging around the sinful people, the scum of the earth, the prostitutes. Whenever they saw Jesus around these people, it blew their mind. Because they would have never lifted a finger to go by someone who was sick. They would have never reached out to touch someone who was sick. Instead, they would have taken a step back. They would have never went out of their way to try to help someone in prostitution. Instead, they would have been the first to throw the stone. 
And when Jesus came onto the scene, Jesus showed something totally different than most of the other religious leaders of the day. He showed love. He showed compassion. And this word compassion is a good word for us to look out for when we're reading through the text. And we see that when Jesus sees people, oftentimes it says that he was filled with compassion. And that should be what you and I do. Now, we need to take care of ourselves. I understand that there are lots of germs and none of us want to be sick, but there may be opportunities that we have that we can be there to help someone. I'm talking about them rough sinners that nobody else wants nothing to do with. I'm talking about them sick people that we might could catch whatever. I know it may be scary and I know it may be tough, but we need to be prayerful. And if God so leads us, then we need to follow the example of Jesus Christ and we need to have compassion on those who have a need. And upon this man coming to Jesus and kneeling before him and saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I am willing, be made clean. Let's see what happened after that. Verse 42. Immediately the disease left him and he was healed. Then he sternly warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses prescribed for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when Jesus cast out the demon and he, 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 he wouldn't allow the demons to speak because they knew who he was. And Jesus also, uh, many times when he healed people, he told them, look, don't make a big to-do about this. Don't go back telling everybody I did it. Don't, don't make a big to-do. Instead, what Jesus told him to do was what the law commanded. Jesus says, now you've been healed. Now you need to do what the law commands. The law commands that you have to go back to the priest. The priest is the one that we see in Leviticus who can uh, pronounce you clean or unclean. And if you have been unclean and you go before the priest and they see that you are now clean, they can pronounce you as clean and there's a proper offering that was to be sacrificed. And Jesus tells the man here, go before the priest and let them see that you are clean. Let the priest pronounce you clean and offer the offering, offer the sacrifices that are required of you. But the man, it says in the next few verses, didn't do that. Now, Jesus told the man to go and did what the law required because at that point, the people were still under the law. Jesus Christ came and died and we are now under grace and not under the law because of his resurrection. And some may look at this verse and say, well, here's proof, here's evidence that Jesus is saying that we still need to observe the law. But Jesus was telling the man to observe the law here because at this point, he was still under the law. And Jesus told the man to go to the priest so that the priest could see what had taken place and that they could give glory to God, that they would know that this man's healing came from the Lord and that the Lord could be glorified. Jesus was not trying to draw attention to himself. He was trying to put all the attention on the Father. He was always working to do the will of the Father. He was always to trying to do his best to serve God, the Father, in any way he could. And he did not make a big to-do. He did not draw attention to himself. And even here, he says, look, don't go out telling anybody about me making a big deal. Go to the priest. Do what the law requires. Let the priest see that God has healed you. 
Now, if the man would have listened to Jesus, it would have been a beautiful thing. He would have went to the priest and they would have seen that a miracle had been done and they would have given glory to God. But instead, it says that the man goes out and he begins to announce to everyone. He begins to tell them what took place. And what was the result of that? Crowds begin to flock to Jesus even more. In the verses we looked at last week, Jesus got up early in the morning and he went to a deserted place so that he could escape the crowds for a little bit and pray to the Father. And finally, the disciples found him, and he said, Look, everybody's looking for you. And he said, Look, we got to go preach. We, I came to do the work. We're not going to stick around here. And now in the next verses, it says that even though he was in deserted places, that the people would still come to him from everywhere. Now, Jesus' mission, as we talked about last week, was to preach and teach the gospel. And even though he wanted to heal these people, I believe, even though they were coming to him and he did heal many of these people, it was affecting his ability to preach and teach the gospel in the way maybe that he desired to. But even still, as crowds would come, he would heal. As he would go, he would preach to the crowds any opportunity that he got. And as the man should have gone to the priest and, and, and told the priest what had happened so that God could receive the glory, instead he went and told the other people and more chaos ensued. We can only imagine what Jesus had to go through as he walked this earth and as he began to minister and as more and more of these stories would begin to spread that there is a man that is walking this earth. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He's the one that we've been looking for. He has come, and he has the ability to drive out demons, and he has the ability to make clean those who are unclean. Now, there may be some of us today that are calling out to the Lord, that are praying to the Lord, that are asking God to heal us, to make us clean. And Jesus Christ will do just that. Now, in this case, and many of the cases we look at here in Scripture that we see Jesus healing people, Jesus heals in a physical way. Is it always God's will to heal us physically? Well, that's a good question, and I guess it depends on who you ask. I would say that it's not always God's will to heal us physically, because there are many good Christian people who have had the strongest faith of anybody I've seen that prayed diligently for God to heal them, and they weren't healed. Now, some would say, well, they weren't healed because they didn't have enough faith. But I would say that maybe they weren't healed because it was not the will of the Lord. Sometimes there are things in this world physically that we are going through that we may be praying for that it may not be God's will to do what we are asking him. Even Jesus, before he went to the cross, said, Lord, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours. Well, guess what? Jesus died on the cross. Is it because Jesus didn't have enough faith? Well, absolutely not. It was because it was not the will of God for Jesus to avoid the cross. It was the will of God and the desire of Jesus that he fulfill the Father's will that he gave his life on a cross so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins. Amen. Now, you and I may be going through difficult times in our life. And you may have all the faith in the world and you may be praying that God would deliver you from whatever you're going through. Even Paul was going through a physical ailment in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he prayed to God three times, God, would you take this from me? And God said, no. God said, I'm not going to take it from you. 
He said, for power is perfected in weakness. He says, my grace is sufficient. Power is perfected in weakness. Now, there may be things in our life that we pray about that we want God to take from us, situations that we want God to make better. But sometimes it's not God's will. That's a hard thing, right? That's a hard thing. I'm not trying to be a downer to you. I'm not trying to depress you. But what I want to tell you is, know this, that God's will is perfect. Whatever God is doing, He is doing it for the right reason at the right time. And don't question God. Don't give up on God. Don't think that God isn't listening or doesn't care because He may not be answering your prayer the way that you want Him to. Know that His will needs to be done. And we need to follow the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that when we pray to God, we pray, God, your will be done. God, the road ahead of me is difficult. God, it's going to be painful. God, it's going to be tough. God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take it. God, please heal me. God, please spare me. God, please make my situation better. But God, not my will be done, but your will be done. Because everything God does, God does it because that's the way it needs to be done. So does God always heal us when we ask Him? Is it God's will to always heal us in a physical sense? Well, I don't believe it is. I believe sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers in the way we want because it's not His will. But let's flip the, the switch here to a, a spiritual sense. Now, Jesus came to heal, and he healed many physically. But really what Jesus came to do was to heal us spiritually. And I believe that it is God's will for all to be healed spiritually. That will come to him. Now, there will be many who will not come to Jesus Christ. There have been many throughout the years who have not come to Jesus Christ. And guess what? There are some, maybe even in this room today, who will not come to Jesus Christ. I hope not. There may be some in your family who will never come to Jesus Christ because they will not accept him. They will continue to reject him. I believe that Jesus Christ died for all. And I believe all that come to him, he will save them. But sadly, not all are going to come to Him. But I do believe that everyone that comes to Him, He will heal. He will heal spiritually. He will renew you. He will restore you. He will make you a new man. He will transform you from what you are to what He wants you to be. He will wash you so you are as white as snow. Your sins will be forgiven and they'll be cast as far as the east is to the west if you come to Him and if you say, Lord Jesus, I need you to heal me. Lord Jesus, you can make me clean. And I believe that Jesus is willing to make every one of us clean. I believe that Jesus is willing to make everyone in the world who would come to Him and kneel before Him and say, Lord Jesus, I accept Your sacrifice on the cross. I know You are the Son of God. I know You are the Savior. I know You are the sweet Redeemer. And Lord Jesus, I come to You and I accept You as my Lord and pray that Your precious blood would wash over me and forgive me of my sins and make me clean. And there's not a doubt in my mind that the Lord Jesus Christ will do that to all who come to Him. Now I'm going to tell you something. that We're all unclean because of our sin. 
Every single one of us in here are unclean because of our sin. We are dirty and we are undeserving. And what happens is because of our sin, because of our uncleanness, what that does is it separates us from God. It puts us outside of a relationship with God. It puts us outside of God's kingdom. It puts us where we're dirty and where we're nasty and where we're outcast. That's what our sin does to us. It makes us unclean and it separates us from God. It separates us from God's kingdom. But in the Old Testament, it was the high priest who would pronounce someone clean. And the book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus Christ is our high priest. That He is the last high priest. He is the high priest to end all high priests. And I want to tell you today that when you come to Jesus Christ, and when you're covered by His blood, He pronounces you clean. He allows you to be part of the kingdom of God by the price that He paid by giving His life on the cross, by shedding His blood for the forgiveness of your sins. When you come to Him and you say, Lord Jesus, you can make me clean, He will make you clean and make you be part of the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know if you've ever come to Jesus or not. I don't know your heart. You may have come to church a lot. You may, have, you may have done a lot of good church work. You may have done a lot of good things. But if you've never come to Jesus Christ, you are unclean. You are outside of God's kingdom. You are separated from God. But Jesus Christ died on a cross. He was raised from the dead by God, and He has become our high priest. He is the one through the shedding of His blood who can make you clean. If you've never come to Jesus Christ today, boy, I pray the Holy Spirit's working in your heart. I pray that He's convicting you. I pray that you see that. I pray that you realize that if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, if you realize today for the first time that you are unclean, I pray that as we close this service that you would give your life to Jesus Christ, that you would go to Him and that you would say, Lord Jesus if you are willing, you can make me clean, and he'll do it. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. We thank you for these good words. And God, I pray that you help us to realize that we are sinners, dear Lord. We, we may not like to admit it. We may not like to admit and acknowledge that we are wrong. But dear Lord, we are sinners, and we are in need of a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ and Christ alone. And God, I pray that as we, as we close the services today, that if there is one in this room that has never come to Jesus Christ, that has never accepted Him, that today that they would come before the, the one and only high priest, the one who has the ability to bring forgiveness of sins, that they would come before Jesus and they would just lay their self down before You, dear Lord, that they would open their heart up to You, that they would acknowledge their sins, that they would ask for forgiveness, that they would ask uh, You to wash their sins uh, white as snow, that You would cast their sins from east to west, dear Lord, that they would just come to You, that they would humble themselves before You, that they would humble their heart before You, God, that they would call out to You and ask You to deliver them, to heal them, to save them, dear Lord, from their sin, God. And Your Word tells us that You are faithful to do that, dear Lord. We thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. We thank you for the shedding of his blood. And we thank you for the forgiveness of sins. So God, we don't have to spend an eternity outside of your kingdom. But through the precious blood of your son, Jesus Christ, God, we enter into your kingdom. So God, I pray that we hear his words, that we hear your words, that we hear the message that he preached, and that we know, God, that he is the one that we can follow and he's the only one that can save us. And God, if there's one that has never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I pray that today that they would do so. 
In Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen.